You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. All right. Uh, so we want to welcome everyone today to Radiant Culture. And again, uh, following up on last week, we're doing a video session again today. And um, yeah, it's exciting. Something new, something different. Uh, we, we haven't really been a video-based podcast um, as Radiant Culture, but you know, we we are doing that now uh, because you know because obviously that's what the times demand. Uh, and then I'm going to ask you to excuse the boxes that you see behind me. That's just a part part of our stock, and I'm in a very small little room. I anyway. No advertising your business. <laughs> <laughs> So if you want Thank inverters you. and, and, <laughs> and solar panels. Now, so today we are going to be touching on a, on a subject that is very, uh, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit heavy. I, I think it's, it's a bit heavy and uh, it affects, I think it affects all of us. It affects every single Christian um, in some way, shape or form. Um, and of course, yeah. today we've got Kuwaza in the house. Kuwaza, yeah. how are <laughs> <laughs> so people get to see my mug for the first time. Ouch! This is the this is the man behind all those things that, that you hear. So yeah, you can now put a face to the name. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy who's challenging all your crazy theologies and doctrines. So you can take it up with him personally now. Um, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm messing with you. Kuwaza, how's it going, man? Yeah, I'm well, man. How are you doing? Doing good, thanks. Doing very good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Mr. Kent, once again, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm supposed to be behind the yeah. scenes, but you guys are forcing me to come out yeah. of the... The, the shelves. <laughs> exactly. New year, new thing. And to show your uh, misplaced allegiances. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right, right. Um, I shall not be getting into that one. We okay. want, to keep it, uh, want to keep it spiritual. Yes, okay. None of these secular yeah. things, you know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah, and we can take it yes. outside. We, we, we should only see. talk about things that are above, not below. <laughs> not below. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Anyway, I'm not getting into this. Uh, yeah, so today we're, we're talking about, our topic today is when the righteous fall. Uh, <laughs> And so that's what the producer chose to be the topic. But we're really talking about Christian leaders who are falling. And uh, it almost seems to be a trend, if I can call it that, where it seems as if, you know, there's just this surge or an increase in the number of uh, Christian leaders from different parts of the world who are, who are falling. And by falling, I just mean that you know, they're, they're either being found in compromising positions. Uh, there's reports coming out that, you know, they've been having either extramarital affairs or just or moral failures of some sort. You know, and some of these leaders are prominent leaders. Some of them are popular leaders. Some of them are people that a lot of us look up to. And many are also, you know, they're not as mainstream, but it's, it's happening. You're getting different reports here and then. So we want to talk about that today. 
and just as a disclaimer, you know, uh, this discussion is not uh, meant to single out any particular individual. We're, we're not focusing on individuals per se, but we just really want to talk about the subject and why it's important, why it's happening, and what we need to do to, I guess, to to be on the lookout for it as well, because uh, we're yeah. all leaders in in our own right. So I guess let, let's get straight into it, um, gents. Um, I think my my first uh, question is that when we talk of leaders falling, mm-hmm. it, just that terminology, right, is is interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, obviously it's it's quite a it's another Christianese term uh, in a lot of ways. But what 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 are we talking about when we say a leader has fallen? Mm. Yeah, I think um, I think it's 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 great that you, um, yeah, that the, the terminology, the Christianese, uh, just as you are saying it, I'm thinking about how that shows that already the leader has been placed or is in a position where something's like on a pedestal, right? And then something happens, and then they fall over. They were in an elevated position, and then they fell from the elevated position to come down to where everybody else is. Uh, and I, I think that's uh, an unfortunate um, uh, understanding, I guess, of what happens and what leadership is about, because leaders are supposed to come out from within the people. And if you look at the traits that an, you know, like an elder has from First uh, Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, you will see that those characteristics are characteristics that everyone else is supposed to have, you know, so... Uh, the idea that we pedestalize, if there's not any such word, I don't think it exists, but <laughs> I've just invented it, that uh, is a problem. That said, uh, the issue of falling, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Paul admonishes his hearers, not just leaders, but everybody, and says, if you think you stand, um, be careful lest you fall. So right. the idea of falling is that you are standing, you have uh, a position of assurance, you have a position of confidence um, that you're not in sin and you're walking in holiness and you're, and you're okay. You are, if you did an accountability session, you're ticking all the boxes when the questions are being asked, right? Um, you don't have any dodgy relationships with people. You don't have anything that your wife doesn't know about. You're reading your Bible, that kind of thing. You stand, right? But then be careful if you think you stand, lest you fall. So the concept of falling is actually there in the Bible, and Paul uses it not just for for, for leaders, but also uh, just for generally for any Christian. If you're in a position of strength, and you feel and you know that you're in that position of strength, that is when you're most vulnerable to falling. So in terms of the Christian use of it, it, it is derived from a biblical uh, term or a biblical reference. Okay. So does this then mean that it, you you Use the word there. You, uh, what did you say? The, the, the word that you just invented there. Pe- oh, pedestalize. Pedestalize. <laughs> yeah. So I like it. I like it. There's actually a bit of a thing to it there. <laughs> so if we're pedestalizing leaders, um, yeah. is, is this something that is right? Okay, how, how can how best can I put this? Is it a problem to pedestalize leaders or is it something that naturally comes with a position? In other words, is it something that is avoid uh, that, that is avoidable for a leader to be placed on a on a pedestal? 
No, it's not. I, uh, I think there's, there's healthy and unhealthy ways of doing so. Um, certainly Hebrews chapter 13, verse, uh, verse 7 into 8 talks about, yeah, uh, Hebrews 13, verse 7 to 8 talks about obeying your leaders and imitating their lifestyle. Um, and then it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So uh, you're supposed to look at your leaders, obey them, imitate them. Uh, and then it says, consider the outcome of their faith. Right? So you're supposed to look right. at them and consider their lives and look at the example they're setting. And then having looked at the example that they're setting, you should imitate that. Paul said right. in, uh, right. in the first verse of uh, 1 Corinthians 11, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. So yeah. there's an aspect uh, in which leaders say, and I, there's one that I always find remarkable. I don't know the exact verse this time, but it's, I know it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 where uh, Paul says, I'm going to send Timothy to you uh, because I can't come myself. But when he comes, he's going to remind you of my way of life in Christ, which agrees with everything that I teach in all the churches. And it, it grabbed my attention because I'm thinking, so Timothy is being sent simply not to preach a doctrinal sermon about some teaching of the baptism of the spirit or anything, but just it's going to be a reminder of Paul's way of life. Going, he will remind you of my way of life, and he's going to be telling them how Paul lives. And by simply telling them how Paul lives, he's basically telling them what Paul teaches in general in the churches, because Paul's life is so lined up with the way that uh, you know with the things that he says. And so I always find that very, very challenging when I look at my own life mm. and in my own role as someone who does preach the word of God. Is if I was to send someone to to tell people about my way of life in general, would it agree with what I teach? It's it's always a challenge. Wow. Uh, so, so basically, what I'm saying is that there is an element in which uh, of which the Bible itself um, expects that we look at look to elders and look up to them. But of course, there's an healthy side of pedestalizing them where we actually end up going into a bit of like worship. Where you know right. uh, Peter had to say, "Hey, come on!" to the guys who were bowing down to him. Please stand up. I'm only just a man. So there's that unhealthy side to it. Uh, but yeah. there's definitely a healthy side where leaders are, are there to be learned from, to be imitated, uh, and to be an example to the flock. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that because I think that really brings some important context to it, um, Mr. Kent. You, you are uh, a leader. You're someone who preaches as well. In fact, the both of you. Uh, uh, leaders, and you, you, you both do pulpit ministry as well. Uh, but I'm going to direct this one to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so just so you know, yeah, both of these men are preachers. You know, they, they just. <laughs> so, um, what I want to know from you, you know, you, you've been, you, you're somebody who's, uh, I guess, you, you, you've been in this for quite a while. You've been. Um, in charge of uh, a whole a whole church before, so you also know you, you have some firsthand experience of uh, what what it means to to, to lead a congregation. Um, what 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 I what I guess what I want to know is do do you feel that leaders put themselves in or, or rather let, let me put it this way what what are some of the measures that leaders should take to ensure that they they, they don't find themselves in compromising positions because okay and and here, here's the context of my question um le 
by virtue of being somebody who preaches, somebody who's in, in charge of a congregation, people know you, people look up to you, like what Kowaza was saying, yeah. right? And naturally, people are drawn to you, uh, which is why they keep following you as a leader. So my, my question is that, um, what measures can one put in place to ensure that they don't find themselves in compromising positions? Okay, yeah, a good question. And, and it's a very tricky question and very hard question. But I think uh, one of the things that's inevitable as a leader is that you are the center of attention, at least for your congregation, and you're in the public eye. So you become a target. You know, the Bible tells us that, you know, the enemy, the devil, uh, is roaming around the world like a lion, seeking whom he, he may devour. So he's actively seeking these people. He's actively seeking people like us, leaders and stuff, because we are a threat to his works. We are empowering people. Yeah. We are leading from the forefront. And if he can attack us, he's attacking the entire congregation. So yeah. by, by, by virtue of that, you have to have your safeguards on because you, you know you're a target. So some of these things for me are making sure that uh, you've got, number one, accountability. Some of the things will sound cliche, but they, they work, and that's what needs to happen. And I think sometimes when we start thinking that some of these things are cliche and, you know, and we start dismissing them and saying, ah, so you don't have power, you're weak, and that sort of thing, is when we become vulnerable to these attacks. Because remember, the devil is roaming around looking for whom he may devour. Mm -hmm. So some of the things is having accountability. If you don't have accountability, if you're the guy at the top and you answer to no one, there's no one checking up on your conduct, on what you are doing, then it becomes very easy to make decisions that put yourself in a compromising, that puts you in a, in a compromising position. So for example, there's one thing that I used to do, I had a, an assistant uh, at the church and, and he always wondered why I used to do certain things. Like for example, when, I, when there was a lady who had come and needed a lift somewhere, I would always say, hey, TJ, come with me. And he'd be like, but I'm doing something else. I'm like, hey, come with me. And he was like, you're just going down the road. Just driver down the road but he didn't get it because what i was doing was giving myself no excuse because it can take one conversation it may not be that day but it takes one conversation an exchange of numbers a look in someone's face that sparks something that could actually eventually happen later on in life down the line but mm. It started, the seed was planted at that point. So you want to put those safeguards. So some of these things are very practical. They look silly, but hey, you are a target and you have to give the enemy no excuse. So those are some of the things hmm. that are putting practical things that make sure that, you know, you do not make yourself a target and, do, and you're not vulnerable okay. when, when, when you're attacked. Because I like that. Th thank you. Uh-huh. But uh, like, believe it or not, there are some people who are actually sent by the enemy who come and target. We actually had a scenario, uh, and, and, and I'm sure you've had scenarios where you later on find out and someone confesses that, hey, I was actually sent here to take that, that man of God, God down. I was actually sent to this ministry to do that. So you have those kind of situations, yeah. Wow, okay. So... You you touched on something that I just want to um, I just want I just want us to 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 emphasize that before we move on before I forget, which is the issue of accountability. 
um, and I guess I'll throw this to both of you, uh, whoever wants to, to to take it, is the challenge also not that um, I imagine that a lot of these men and women of God who are prominent, who are running big churches, who are big names, or you know, who are generally well known, sometimes the the feeling or the sense that I get is that the accountability aspect begins to diminish with prominence. Um, and th- I mean, I, this is just something that I've kind of observed. I imagine that somebody, uh, and, okay, I'm somebody who's in business and I know that at a certain level, yes, everybody has to be accountable, but there's a level at which when somebody's at the helm of something, there's almost certain decisions that they can just make and everyone follows suit. And I'm imagining that in a church, in a mega church, or if it's somebody who's popular, who's famous, who's got, who commands a lot of authority, who's going to come to them and tell them that you're out of line when whatever they say goes? You, you know what I'm trying to say? So I guess what I'm saying is that is there, I know you spoke about accountability, but can, can we really say that leaders, especially leaders of big churches, can be realistically accountable? And I'm not targeting anyone in particular, but I'm just I'm yeah. just asking the question as, as a question. Yeah, yeah look, I, I think it becomes more difficult because of that uh, nice word that I invented uh, <laughs> a few minutes ago. <laughs> because look, because look, the bigger the church becomes, the more in awe the people around you are, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. it seems like sometimes if you look at the teams of the guy, the guy, the set man is some that would like to call him, uh, or said woman, if it's a woman, uh, you, know, uh, you know, it's just that most of the time, these guys will be so far ahead in their experiences and their work with God, some of the things that they talk about, that the team that's around them are basically uh, left scrambling. You know, it's like they're not on the same level as the man of God or the woman of God. Mm-hmm. So to hold them account, to hold that guy accountable, I mean, the kind of stuff that he's probably going to be talking about when he's like, if he's confessing sin, he's confessing that maybe, you know, he was supposed to have reached uh, 10,000 people last year, but he only managed to reach 8,500, you know? <laughs> 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 you, know you, you know, you got your long list, you were last, I was looking at the pastor, was, why you last fully? You know, and you're all like, ah, so this, this guy sins. <laughs> And everyone is in awe of the guy, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the things that uh, uh, complicates accountability. And I think the only way that you can have accountability is if you, as a set man, are committed to it, where you do not mm. accept that people put you on that, but you're always coming back to say, guys, how have I done? You're always, you know, um, bringing people into it. So, in the church that I'm a part of, not that I'm advertising the church that I'm a part of, but uh, it's very difficult to have that kind of situation uh, arise because let's say like for preaching, for example, um, Mm -hmm. we always do reviews of Mm -hmm. preaching and uh, we do previews as well. So before you preach, you tell us what you're going to preach on and then guys get to put in their own ideas and give you, you know, uh, uh, some input. And then afterwards they give you feedback. So it's not thing that you've gone to the mountain 21 days and then you come back and you're the man of God, heavy hitter, and then everyone only finds out on the day, you know, and, and can be very humbling and very challenging if you're not used to it because you're like, come on, why should I tell you what I have planned? It's supposed to be this big surprise yeah. and it feels like it's, it feels intrusive, but it's yeah. a way in which 
you know, no one uh, is, becomes too big for their boots. You know, uh, you're, you're, you're all accountable to each other. If you say something dodgy, it doesn't matter who you are. Someone will say, hey, you know, I don't think that illustration is appropriate. That joke, you should not have made it. As opposed to, like, if you've seen some of these, and I don't want to uh, target anyone, but I'm sure you've seen some guys, they'll have some guys there, and they're almost like the equivalent of hip-hop's uh, hype men, you know? Like, they just <laughs> did all the time, you know? And they're also calling the guy, the because it's also the spiritual father, or not of the church, but even the elders and the pastors are also mm-hmm. saying he's our father. So it becomes very difficult in, in, in a situation like that to then say, I want to hold you accountable. Father, you have wow. been texting a woman who we don't know, and uh, does Amai know that you are talking to this woman <laughs> and you talk to her for twenty minutes? You know what I mean? He's he's yeah. his spiritual father. Whatever he's doing, he's probably doing it because God spoke to him, or you know what I mean? Yeah, so if, yeah. If you look at um, Jesus, uh, it's very it's a very funny one when uh, the, the disciples came back and he was talking to the Samaritan woman. Uh, I says that they were surprised to see him talking to a woman. <laughs> to a woman, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's, yes. that's what he says. He says they were surprised, uh, but no one asked him about it. <laughs> you know, um, so I mean, because uh, and and with Jesus, it's it's because Jesus was Jesus, you know, holy and he never sinned. But it's the same idea. It's like. Okay, what's going on here? He's talking to this one. Hey, but hey, I'm sure that he knows what he's doing. So that's yeah. and so, so accountability. The responsibility for accountability is with the sick person. They have to have that as a core value and say, you know what, like what uh, Mr. Kent was saying, that he would say, hey, accompany me everywhere. It has to be a value for them. And if they don't do that, if they love not being challenged, they love not being questioned, they can easily skirt accountability. Hmm. Thanks, thanks for that, Kowaza. Uh, so recently, we've had several reports, like I mentioned at the beginning. You know, there have been several reports that have come out where you know different leaders have have fallen um, or have been caught in in funny funny places or funny funny positions. And you know, this sort of thing now. The, the problem with that is uh, the world we're living in now. You know, everything is very quick, very fast. And lightning speed, almost. You know, the next thing somebody's doing a video about it on YouTube. Yeah. Next thing, yeah. this person, and then before you know it, there's 20 different videos about this pastor who's done this, who's had an affair, and and you know, sometimes what that does is that it's it, it it's got this disheartening effect to it. You know, where where you read that and you think, oh man, you know, this person was such was to me. Uh, an exemplary Christian leader, and then you hear this. Uh, and then, of course, recently here in, in Zim, um, I can mention this because um, it was publicized, and he himself actually um, made a statement, uh, Pastor Shingi Mnyeza, uh, who's someone that I know personally, somebody that um, I, I I regard very highly. Um, and, you know, there was that, there's the issue that he, he uh, some infidelity, marital infidelity issues. So, you know, and of course, you know, that caused a storm throughout the whole nation, or well, Facebook nation at least, you know, and everyone is talking about it. People are commenting on it. People are coming up with all kinds of theories. I mean, I read through the threads on Twitter. There's memes. There's all kinds of things, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess <clears throat> my question uh, concerning something like that is how, how do we handle it? How do we process it? 
you know, we can't, we, I can't talk about it from a leadership perspective because, you know, I, I, that's not where I'm at. Uh, I'm not a leader in his church. Um, I don't even attend his church. But I'm saying for, for us who see him, who saw him as a leader, uh, maybe, you know, we're congregants in other churches. How do we process something like that? Okay. Okay. So um, it's a difficult one. I think the first thing I'll say is um, I'll start with the things that we should not do. Right. That's not that don't don't do this. And then I'll talk about the things that we, we, we could probably do. Let's we should not minimize the issue. Uh so you'll find that some of the responses are that uh, you know, uh, this is a thing that men go through. And it's like people are comforting someone, you know, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, uh righteous man falls seven times a day. You know what I mean? And it's almost yeah. like downplaying the severity of it. Uh and uh almost like it's it's like someone, it's like uh, he went through a bereavement and, and, and people are saying, oh, uh, you know, we're with you and stuff like that. I, I understand the support <laughs> aspect of it, but there's a danger of minimizing. Um, it, is, it, it is grave, right? It is serious. Um, and so we shouldn't minimize it. We shouldn't try to defend uh, it and say, well, it happens. It only happened once. Whatever the defense that you can come up with, it is bad. Right. And uh, I think that's what we need to face and to accept that something grave that was wrong has happened, because that's one of the things that's happened now is that there's a dulling of our senses to the, the, the gravity of sin. You know, it's like, yeah, sin just like, yeah, I did it, but it's not as bad as that. Or there's only the one time or, or you know what I mean? It's like we don't have grasp how grave it is because of the way that yeah. we minimize. It. So first thing, let's not minimize it. And then yeah. second is to do what the Bible says. First uh, Timothy chapter five, uh, Timothy is told in verse uh, 19, I think, yeah, 18 into 19, about uh, dealing with elders, 18, 19, 20. So somewhere there, all right. Uh, it talks about dealing with elders who may have uh, sinned, that they're supposed to be rebuked publicly. And the goal with that is so that those who the rest may, uh, may stand in fear. That's what it says. Mm -hmm. So when someone who has sinned has been rebuked publicly or has come out publicly, uh, that happens so that everyone else may may stand afraid. Uh, afraid of what? Afraid of being in the same situation. Uh, afraid of the shame that comes with it. The, afraid of the vulnerability. Afraid of becoming, having your 40-year ministry being distilled into a, a couple of memes over a few hours. You know what I mean? That those yeah. are the consequences. And you see that and you fear and say, I don't want that to happen to me. You know, that, that's what Paul said. You know, I'm, I'm just quoting scripture. Um, yeah. so and then also we need to forgive, right? Uh, because there a lot of people would have invested a lot of faith, a lot of trust in, I mean, he would have married people and he would have uh, counseled people. And we have to be very, yeah. very careful. Don't go into this thing where we say, ah, but all oh, this time this guy was saying this to me. Uh, and all along, he had all this, you know, because then it seems like this was happening all the time, you know, when people talk. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have to be telling me how to raise my kids when this happened in his own home and stuff like that, you know. Uh, I think we still need to respect and honor uh, the grace of God on on the person. Respect and honor the work that okay. he did, the work that he did. Honor it, respect it, 
and uh, from that point of view, not diminish anything that he has done in the name of the Lord. Widows that have been fed, children that have been sent to school, uh, buildings that have been built, all these kinds wow, of things. Good. You know what I mean? So we, we need to recognize still and be able to respect and honor that. And to forgive and give space, you know, for, uh, for healing, for restoration. One of the things that doesn't help is joining the speculation, right? So a lot of, um, I've been yeah. guilty of find out what really happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talking about it and talking about it continuously. You know, the scripture says, I'm not supposed to mention the things that uh, sinners do, you know, it's, it's shameful to mention what they do in secret, talking about sinners. Yeah. How much more yeah. is it that we, you know, when we bandy about stuff and you talk about, we look for all the juicy details and we send each other pictures. And this is one of the people that did, did this and that, that is not going to be very helpful to, uh, you know, in the, in the process trying to find out so what exactly went on you know trying to call people that are close to let's try and avoid that as well and give space for time for restoration for healing and and, and for god to do his work and lastly wow, to good. pray yeah to pray mm-hmm. as well prayer pray is very very important because the man will probably be shattered you know hurt trying to work through a lot of things he's also i'm sure seeing some of these memes Hearing some of this stuff, uh, a lot of uh, Schadenfreude and all that, you know, yeah. <laughs> people are really, so there, there, there's some people that are really going to town about it and enjoying it and not making a single yeah. of it. Uh, so that will yeah. probably get, will, you know, will, will, will definitely hurt. And so we need to pray that uh, he also, you know, is protected, his heart is, is, you know, is protected and that he can walk through this with dignity and come to a point where he is completely restored and he can, you know, come back because we need men like that back in our, you know, the functioning in their gift. Uh, and Wow, that's good, man. Yeah. Wow. You know, I love, I love what you said there. And that's really, um, you know, it gave me something to, to, to think about, which is, which is that our goal is not to, to rejoice in the fact that somebody, somebody is fallen or to, to make jokes about it or to, you know, to, to, to treat it as a, as a, as a small thing. Um, it's something that's grave, but at the same time, we, we have to realize that the gift on this person has not diminished the, the, the gift that God placed in them, the mandate and the mission that God gave them. Cause you know, what, what tends to happen is that, um, you know, I've, I've heard people say things like, ah, I'm not going to read those books anymore, or I'm not going to watch that guy's sermons anymore, because I guess yeah. coming from a place of where, where they almost feel like they've been betrayed um, yeah. in a sense. You know, and yet um, God's truth and God's mandate for that person has not changed. So I love, I love that yeah. you said that. Um, just speeding along, I want, I want to move quickly. Uh, a question that I have uh, that Mr. Kent actually posed when we we're discussing earlier is that there seems to be a surge of this kind of thing where leaders are falling. Now, I don't know if it's a case of, you know, it's been happening all along, but now it's more public because there's obviously platforms and means through which it can be made more public or is there an actual increase in the number of uh, Christian leaders that are falling Um, and the follow-up question to that is is that an indication of where the church is at does this mean the church has become weak does this mean that we we are not you know we're, we're not taking our place as the church and this is resulting in all these things happening so I guess that the both of you can can take um, those those two questions. So very briefly, 
I'll say it's very difficult to be able to tell. Paul says in that same passage in First Thessalonians, First Timothy chapter five, uh, verse twenty-one, he says, uh, "Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, because some people's sins uh, are very obvious, but then there are the people's sins that follow them to the place of judgment." So some people since you can see, yeah, this one is this is crazy. This is a crazy guy. But then there's other guys who yeah. you can't see it, and then only after a while does it then, you know, uh, get exposed. So we don't know whether that's the case. That what we're seeing now is the exposure of things that have been happening for a long time, and now Satan mm. is thinking, I want to play my trump card. I want to destroy a lot of people's faith, allowing people to get exposed. Uh, I don't think we can okay. say, for, but to say whether the church's faith is is low or. It's very again difficult to tell because uh, if you know all along because these things were not happening, we could have concluded that the church was in a good place. But only the Lord truly knows. You know, like if you look at the church at Ephesus in um, Re- in Revelation, where the Lord says all these nice things about them that they found out false prophets and I mean false apostles and and so on and so on. Then He says, "But you're forsaking your first love." You know, no one have mm. known walking into that uh, family of churches that these guys had forsaken the first love and they needed actually to repent or they're going to lose their lampstand. Uh, so so mm. it's, it's very difficult to judge the character of the church just from a, uh, you know, just from a prima facie time kind of a judgment. That's what I would say. But it certainly seems okay. so like, yeah, the church uh, is in a state of um, weakness and disrepair. Uh, but yeah. the thing encourages me is what uh, was said by Paul again in Second uh, Timothy chapter 2 where he says that um, the foundation of the Lord stands firm and um, yeah. those that are, that are his. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I, I, I think I think was nailed it. Uh, I, I don't think I can add to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, cool. Thank you. And you know what I love about what you're saying, Kuwaza. I, I love the fact that you are you're, you're speaking straight from from scripture as well. You know, you're not just you're, you're not just um, talking from from your own experience, but just having that scriptural backing and that scriptural foundation is important. So I think you know, as we wrap it up, my next sort of uh, question or point point of discussion would be, like I mentioned earlier, that. Uh, so there's two there's two sets of Christians I think who are affected by this. There's obviously the leaders themselves or people in in, in leadership positions, um, and then there's the wider body, the the body at large. So what what number one? What would you say to people who are either leaders or aspiring leaders within the church um, concerning you know just concerning this this sort of thing? That how do you how do you uh, God against it. And I know Mr. Kent already referred to, uh, to some of his accountability and some of the things that he mentioned. So I think that's the first thing for leaders. And the second thing um, is with the congregation and, the, and the, just the body of Christ at large to say, when, some, when this sort of thing happens or is happening, what, what should our position be? And how do we um, ensure that we, we, we guard our hearts and our minds um, because of this sort of thing? I will not say just just read your Bible. <laughs> In summary, I think if we, if we really understood what we all are, that we are all recipients of grace and all on a journey where a lot of things can happen, every one of us, leaders and followers alike, then I think it's uh, not not it's easier. It's not easy, but it's a lot more 
yeah, it's a, it's a lot more workable to uh, accept that people have uh, have their failings, they've struggled uh, or they've fallen. Then we are able to guard our hearts by saying that the fact that they've fallen doesn't mean that they are false, a false pastor or a false prophet or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But if there yeah. is a heart for repentance, that we make room for that person to find affection with us and that we embrace them and we, you know, allow them back into our lives and that we don't ostracize them and make them feel like there's anything. I don't. I think if we can make them feel the same way um, that they, um, after they've fallen, that uh, they felt with us before, I think we would have done yeah. very well. Yeah. Amen. 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 Thanks, Kuwaza. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Kent, just, anything just, from you? Just in closing, just echoing what he just said, I think a, a, a part of scripture that comes out for me is that, you know, Jesus uh, you know, takes Peter and his and, and his other two two disciples, his other two disciples, and he goes to the mountain, and the whole transfiguration thing happens. And then in another place, he talks about you know when when uh, Peter acknowledges that he's the Christ, and he says, "Look upon my church, upon this rock, I'll build my church." And he gives them the keys. You know, he makes him a, a leader, and 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 he and he prophesies great things about Peter, and yet. Mm-hmm. Peter commits a sin that is seemingly unforgivable. He denies Christ. And, and Jesus prophesies it and says, you will deny me three times. But the thing is, yeah. it did not, you know, totally remove or negate the, the position of Peter and, and what Christ had called him to because he repented and he was yeah. restored. So that's the key thing. It's, yeah. it's also, yes, it happens. And I'm not belittling it and saying it, it happens. No, no, when it happens, like Kuwaza said, we must rebuke, we must treat it with the gravity, but we must also yeah. remember and also contribute to the restoration and not negate someone's wow, gift uh, just because yeah. they have fallen, but because yeah. there is a word that's been spoken and there's something that we must fulfill in the future. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, gents, we are out of time. And so I'm yeah. going to, I think, you know, this is all we have time for today, but I, I want to thank you. Thank you, Kuwaza. It's nice to see your yes. face finally. Good. <laughs> good to be here. The mystery man. Um, yeah. and of course we call him our resident theologian. Yeah. Um, I'm, yes, that's who he is. And of course, Mr. Kent, the producer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and me, of course, um, I'm your host. So please take time to process this. Please take time to think about it, to pray about it. Um, and if you find yourself in a place where you, you feel, um, like a, a leader that, you know, or that you respect, you know, has fallen, um, follow the advice that's been given today. We love you. God bless. Cheers. Yes. Yes. Later. Yes, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.